welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning. Hello, friends. I'm Brad Caldwell. I'm the CEO of Sparkbiz in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we run the branding and marketing for businesses across home services, 
sports, medicine, and a wide range of other companies and brands across the United States. I consult business leaders and team building and mindset, authenticity, other fun things. Today, there's a segment title for those of you who were with me a week ago. We are talking about a war on mediocrity, and today we are talking about mediocre failure. Failing, but with mediocrity. How do we fail and it's mediocre? And we're going to talk about it. It's going to be a little embarrassing for me because we're going to be talking about my failure. I'm not going to talk about yours, but that's all right. We're going to learn together. I met a couple yesterday that own a new business. They're motivated, passionate, very much together in their vision, purpose, and execution. They're actually just really nice to be around. They're fun clients. Um, they, they joined up with the, with the firm yesterday and they're going to be great to work with. Um, and that's so cool, but they're also so different from me. You ever walk into a meeting and recognize that you're surrounded by people that aren't like you. I'm the guy that leaves the event last, drives the tank till it's empty, loses track of time. I'm in the moment. I love being in the moment. I don't know that I'm in a flow state, but I love going with the flow. My team tries desperately, desperately to keep me organized and on task, but it's a never ending struggle. My family tries to do the same thing, but this young couple, and they were on point. They arrive early, keep a schedule. They know what's coming. We are very, very different. And while we may get to places very differently, we all struggle with failures. Some of them are ours. Some of them are others. We all run the wheels off in our business or in our preparations to get to business. Some of you are in education right now, trying to learn a skill or a craft, and you are running the wheels off, trying to learn as much as you can with a limited amount of time. Some of you have been doing what you're doing for 20 years, or you're 20 years in, and now you're looking at something brand new. We are all running the wheels off. And we all get to empty. Now, we might get to empty differently based on our personalities and characters, but when we get to empty, we hit empty. You don't ever coast to empty. You run into empty. The tank doesn't ever calmly run out of gas. The car just stops. It just, it just stops. And when we get to empty, we struggle. And it's really an issue of planning, not fuel. It's an issue of prioritization and perspective, not finances and tune-ups. Here's what I mean. I drive a large vehicle. I know what you're saying. You're, you're saying right now, God, he's going to talk about his truck again. And I am, and I'm so sorry. Because I, I am. It's a gas guzzler. It's a massive vehicle. I drive a 1979 Ford Bronco. And I love that truck. It's big. I'm certain I look silly in it. I am not a tall man. I'm sure when I get out of it, people are like, dear Lord, look at that poor fellow bungee jumping out of his own vehicle. It's fine. I don't care. It's the vehicle I have always wanted. And last year, we were at a place where we could purchase it. And so I drive the car I've always wanted to have. And if it's the last car I ever buy for myself, that's awesome. I don't care. I love it. It is not perfect but I love it and I have driven it to empty 
What I mean is I have driven that truck until it ran out of gas on the road, not at a gas station, not the cool version of pushing it to the needle and, oh, I bet I got to the gas station on fumes. No, 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 no. We've all done that. We all feel silly. Our thighs get real tight because we're afraid we're going to get stranded. Nope. I ran out of gas and had no idea it was about to happen. I was on my way to a meeting. I was focused on what was happening in the moment. And you know what wasn't happening in the moment? The gas station. So I was driving down the street doing my thing. I went past the needle and eventually had to push it across traffic. But how do we get to those places in life and in business where we have those unexpected failures? How do we navigate system letdowns? Issues of focus and prioritization that trip us up. Today, we're going to talk about a handful of things I've learned from business and a Bronco. This is my mediocre planning. If you've never listened to me before, you know, I'm getting ready to give you far too many steps. It's like six today. I'm going to go real, real, real fast. And then you're going to drop messages in clubhouse. I'll sort of answer those. You're going to send DMS to Instagram. I'll do much better at answering those. You're going to go find my company's website at thisisbrandstrategy.com. And if you don't leave a real email with like something in it, like you just say like, hi, or great job, my staff won't even let me see the email. So um, if you want to send me an email and you want to go to the website, thisisbrandstrategy.com, just say something like real, real. Don't just compliment me. My staff doesn't care. They think I get enough compliments as is. And they're probably right. So here's some things I've learned from business and a Bronco. This is my mediocre planning. Here's the first one. Gauges aren't gospel. Because, you know, your gas gauge, that's a device of measurement. But if you've ever baked anything, made anything, tried to put colors together to make another color, ratios can be off. And in just the slightest change, changes that cookie from rising to flat makes that cake taste different than it should have because those little cups for measurements, they're, they're measurements. They're not the gospel. And in a 1979 Bronco, I have become acutely aware that the gas gauge is lying to me. It says that about an eighth of a tank remaining, I can keep going. What I now know is that that is false. What it really means is that when that gauge gets to about an eighth of a tank, boy, you better get to a gas station because it's like two miles from your house to the first gas station and you didn't make it. See, because gauges are devices of measurement. They aren't the gospel. And some of us are treating the tools of our business like they're more important than what we're actually in the business of doing in our businesses. As if that CRM or that staff person or that VA or, <coughs> or that email system or whatever the system it is that we employ is so blasted important that it's more important than the fact that Scott Simons just freaking sells cars. And it's not. Gauges aren't gospel. They're devices of measurement. See, because 
the gauge is trying to let me know that I do have gas in some measure. And maybe it's trying to let me know that I'm almost out of gas. I'm getting there, but it's callous. It doesn't care. There's no warning signs, especially not in a car that old. But what a gauge is really trying to do is to let me know that what's in the tank matters. See, what's in the tank matters, not what the tool is telling me. We've made our tools and tactics and courses and guides more important than whatever it is that's in the tank that fuels our own movements or our movements of those around us. Gauges aren't gospel, they're just tools. But if you lean all the way into your tools and if you lean all the way into your gauges and you just think everything is just as good as it can be, you will learn the second point today. Failure forces us to discomfort. See, the consequence of my comfort that day was that I trusted so much in a tool. I left right on time to make it to a meeting. I did not have time to get stranded on the street. Failure forces us to discomfort. If you're super duper comfortable in your business all the time, oh, you haven't failed yet, you must be new. Or you're lying. And if you've ever been lied to by a tool in your business, you're about to learn a brand new stress when you fail. Do you know how much a 1979 Ford Bronco weighs? Off of the factory floor, it weighs roughly 4,718 pounds. 4,718 pounds. Mine has a custom lift of about three inches. So the wheels and tires are bigger than what would be factory. So what I'm telling you is that this vehicle of mine is significantly taller than I am. It's significantly bigger than I am. It is very heavy. And when my gauges fail me or I decide to let it roll a little too long, I'm now faced with honking horns and pushing the entire operation out of alignment with what my plans were for the day. That's what failure does to us. Something doesn't work. And now we're out of the driver's seat with the driver door open, trying to steer and push simultaneously. Failure happens to everybody. And it often means that we will temporarily have to carry some weight we weren't intending to walk with. Sometimes that weight is easy and unburdensome. And sometimes it's a two and a half ton vehicle that you got to push across a highway. So here are two reminders to own your failures or to be okay when your tools let you down. First, remember, always remember, things fail, be ready to lift. And yes, together, that's one. Things fail, be ready to lift. If you have chosen leadership and there's failure in the organization and you aren't prepping to carry something you don't normally carry, you're not prepared for failure. Because in a rain storm, the leaders grab the umbrellas. We don't walk around with umbrellas every day. Sometimes we're, we're surprised by storms like you are. But the mindset of the leader is to go grab the, um, the, uh, all, the, all of the umbrellas for everyone.
not just to make sure our own hair doesn't get wet. Bald guy just made a hair reference. And the second thing to think about when you're owning failures and recognizing that your tools might let you down is to wear good shoes. You know, what's crazy is that when the car broke down, I had on some very nice shoes. And the first thing I did when I got out of the vehicle was to reach behind the front seat and grab a pair of solid black Adidas and slide them on and move forward. And it almost, I even was proud of myself. Brad, you did not know you're going to run out of gas today. And if you've ever met me, it's not like I had a gym bag in the back of my car. That's not accurate. But it seemed like in that moment, I just had a couple little things with me that made the transition from normalcy to failure a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier to push across the street in tennis shoes. So things fail, be ready to lift and wear good shoes. Failure forces us to discomfort. But the third thing that we need to remember today as we try to navigate through mediocre planning, when our gauges fail and we run out of gas, and now within that failure, we're forced into discomfort. Remember that communication is key always, always, always. Communication always matters in every context. I can't think of a context where communicate. I don't like to speak dogmatically, but I can't think of a context where communication is not key. When I ran out of gas, I was on a busy road and I received plenty of communication from a population group that we'll call um, jerks, I think is probably what they're called. You know, the strangers that give me all sorts of encouragement. Some honked, some yelled at me as if I'd chosen to run out of gas and now was pushing my two-ton vehicle across the street. One nice lady did ask if I was okay, which is an interesting question, right? I'm pushing a very large vehicle across the street, but she's checking to see if I'm okay. I simply told her I was, yes, I'm fine. And that was all she needed. And so she left. Well, that Bronco is not doing well, but that gentleman seems to be fine. So let's go. And then for all the people that didn't honk and didn't stare and didn't yell, the one lady who checked to see if I was okay. So many people were rubbernecking until their necks just couldn't turn anymore. Because when we fail, those people aren't helpful, but they sure show up. There's always somebody ready to shout, notify us of our failures. Not recognize the context that we're literally walking in in that moment. When we or something around us let us down. And instead they're yelling at us like we've caused bad traffic. And if those are the only people you're listening to, you're going to sit there broken down and frustrated. You won't get up. You will not get a fix because you're just receiving the negativity. So roadside, a good question in the midst of your failure, as you move from comfort to discomfort, is who do you call? I made three phone calls. I called the people I was about to meet to apologize. If I'm showing up today, I'm late. And I'm sorry, my fault. I'm not blaming the manufacturers of 
Ford Broncos, not blaming the gas gauge because that makes no sense and doesn't make me sound like an adult. I own it. They're fine. Brad, we're going to sit here and wait for you. Okay, cool. I called my friend, one of my best friends. I know where his office is and he's around the corner and he stopped everything to come running to me. And then I called my wife. Now that I knew I had a solution that didn't require her change her plans. And I apparently only made that phone call so she could laugh at me. It started with an oh Brad and then there was giggling. I don't know. We've been married 15 years and she, she enjoys those moments in my life, <coughs> but I knew who to call. I made the right calls. I communicated appropriately to clients, friends, and family, no mixed messages, no long soliloquies about what failure is in the macro sense, no, no blame shifting, no casting dispersions on the people who honked at me. They didn't know what I was dealing with. And I was ignoring them because those aren't the people I'm trying to communicate with. And I was communicating concisely an apology and ask an open communication, whatever it is you need to do in the midst of that failure, business leader, make that call. Cause it worked. I apologized to this couple that I'd never met with before. And I got a client. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Later that day. I called my friend and he showed up, gas tank in hand. I called my wife and said, I feel stupid and I feel silly, but everything's okay. Nobody's, nobody's stranded. I'll be fine. But if someone tells you they saw my car, cause it's not something you see every day, everything's okay, babe. And my wife got to laugh at me and know that everything's fine. And here's why, here's the fourth thing. Simple solutions are still solutions. It's here's why everything worked. Here's why the Bronco is out in front of my house. And here's why I will drive it in about an hour to go to a little league basketball game. Phone calls are simple, but they're effective communication. I made three in the span of about four or five minutes. No problem. Because simple solutions are still solutions. And when the car ran out of gas, yes, I got out of it. And I didn't give some weird prayer to prayer gods. I didn't scream and yell. I pushed. I actually pushed and kind of steered. Yes, it was heavy. Yes, it was hard. Thank God I had the good shoes. But I just pushed. Because what do you do? You push. When you need to communicate, what do you do? You call. And my friend that came to me to help me knows a ton about vehicles. I did not call him because of his mechanic acumen. I called him because I was out of gas. So on his way to me, he stopped at a gas station, got a two gallon tank, filled it up and brought it to me. We put about a gallon of gas in the tank 
And then we slowly started pouring gas into the carburetor. If you don't know old cars, they have carburetors. They require gas to be in them in order to start. And when you run out of gas, the carburetor dries theoretically before the tank even does. Simple solution. Gas in the tank, a little bit of gas in the carburetor, start the car, let it run for a second, add a little more gas to the carburetor, and we're off. Simple solutions are simple. And I respect that sometimes we roll our eyes at the simple things. Sometimes we want such an elaborate solve because it just makes us feel so blasted smart that we can pull off the complex. But my friends, simple solutions solve real problems. Simple solutions are simple, but they are real solutions. So let's not get lost in the complicated. Some of us are running out of gas, but we choose to take the radiator apart right there on the side of the road. And we do it because we know radiators and not carburetors. And we don't want to ask for help. I can do it my damn self. My friend, if you've failed your way to the side of the road, you probably can't unfail it. And you certainly can't get back up and going in an appropriate amount of time without asking for a simple solution. I called my buddy, problem solved. I called the prospective client. Apology accepted and permission to be late given. And some of us are sitting in silence on the side of the road, running through complicated solutions to simple problems. But we just need some gas and a buddy with a can. Simple solutions are still solutions. Because what's really, really important, the fifth thing, is that we correct mistakes. I led this by telling you about my gas gauge and how it is off. It's still off. If you know anything about old trucks, some gauges work, some gauges don't, some gauges lie, some gauges are spot on. I don't know why. I'm not that good at cars, especially not electronics. But instead of having the dash ripped open and someone trying to explain to me why this one little gauge is off, I'm gonna recognize that the gauge is off and now I've adjusted to it. Because sometimes in our business and in our life, there are things that are out of alignment and out of balance and we have to adjust to them. I have children who are 13, seven and two, three boys. If you've got girls, I don't know nothing about that life. The thought of it scares me. Boys, I think, are simple. Gross, but simple. Easy to handle. I've been a boy my whole life. I get it. No problem. My kids are unique and they're wonderful. And I, I love being their dad. And so what I'll hear from parents who have kids who are older than mine is that, oh, it's coming. Your kid is going to hit that age. People have warned me about my 13-year-old since he was 10, that he is going to hit puberty and become crazy and not like me and not respect his mother. And we had to plan for this 
potential catastrophe where I've just had to tell my wife, listen, if he doesn't think I'm cool anymore, that's fine. I don't care. I'll adjust to that. If he disrespects his mom, uh-uh. That's not going to happen. We've been saying that for years. Neither one of those things have ever come up. He loves his mother. He's very respectful. And I think he likes his dad. But what I'm saying is there are things in parenting, there are things in life that require us to know very quickly, are we making the adjustment or are we making a correction? Because sometimes when there's a mistake, when there's a mishap, when there's a, an imbalance, we can adjust. Having three very different humans who are all developing at a very fast rate live in this house with me and my wife who are relatively well settled means that there's constantly opportunities for us all to adjust. And I think a wonderful strength of our family is that we do. And usually we don't complain. We just kind of adjust to one another. So when the gauge is off a little bit, it's okay. Now I know what to do if my gas tank gets toward about an eighth left and I get gas. I don't trust it. But my car doesn't adjust to having no gasoline. So that's a correction if Parker does decide to raise up and say something to his mother, he gonna learn today. Because that's correction. That's a mistake that we need to correct. But if in the natural course, there's a disagreement, oh, he's allowed to disagree. We can adjust to the disagreements. We can learn in the disagreements. So it's recognizing what kind of failure, what kind of mistake are we in front of and can we adjust to the gauges or do we need to correct something broken in the system? Correction is an indication of recognition. I made a mistake. A tool let me down. I got a little embarrassed and my day was messed up, but I made calls. I waited in that current context. I didn't try to make it something that it wasn't. I dropped a couple gallons of gas in the tank and then I went to the gas station to fill up. Adjustments made, corrections made, which brings us to our last, our last note, our last little nugget on mediocre planning. Our gauges can let us down. Gauges aren't gospel. Failure forces us to discomfort. Communication is key no matter what. Simple solutions are still solutions. When faced with mistakes, adjust or correct. And lastly, failure is not permission to stop, nor is it a sign that you're lost. I knew exactly where I was. It was not where I wanted to be. I had not intended to go down that road here in Wilmington, North Carolina and have to stop abruptly, but I wasn't lost. I was delayed. This wasn't some cosmic sign from the Lord not to meet with this couple. 
just like sometimes we overcomplicate a simple solution, sometimes we overanalyze a failure. Sometimes running out of gas is just running out of gas. Failure is not permission to stop, nor is it a sign that you're lost. I still went to the meeting. I signed the client. I was almost an hour late. And I walk into the restaurant and they're giggling. Hey, dude, you all right? We got a seat at a window so we could see if you get he got here on the Bronco. Like they're taking bets on what vehicle I would arrive in. And then when that meeting was over, I walked away from them and wrote a talk on failure based on the last two hours of my life. I took that momentary affliction, running out of gas. Come on, guys, it's not the end of the world. Running out of gas, could have been worse, could have been July. In context, where I live, that means it's 105 degrees and I'm in a great big vehicle that's poorly ventilated. But instead it was in the winter months, it was sunny and 60 degrees. And I was happily just sitting in my car, playing on my cell phone, waiting for my friend to come help me. I took that momentary affliction and moved it from my own mediocrity to a catalyst of leadership and learning for myself, for my team, for my clients, and today for you. And it's not some great magical ability to, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. I I don't necessarily believe that all the time. But what I do believe is that we've all been given this wonderful opportunity to move from the mediocre. When something doesn't go right and you are moved from comfort to discomfort, when you are moved from expectation to disappointment, when the system fails you or you fail the system or the math doesn't work out or you just run out of gas, how do you respond? This is the time in the show where I love to just kind of throw it back to you guys, hear what you think, ask questions, answer questions, talk back and forth, really give you guys an opportunity to share what you thought of any one of the six points or all of it as a whole. You can even talk through your own areas of comfort, discomfort, and mediocre planning. So guys, jump in, unmic. You're welcome to raise your hands and I'll try to bring you up to the stage. Go ahead, guys. Good morning, Brad. This is Yvette Searson. And I, I wanted to say that I like what you said about, you know, don't think it's some cosmic you know, thing, or maybe God is saying you shouldn't go. Uh, this isn't the direction you should take. I, I liked you saying that because a lot of people get caught up in thinking that X means Z and it doesn't. You know, X might just mean you didn't plan properly, as you pointed out. And I think sometimes we just get too caught up on what something might indicate. Uh, basically, it might indicate just poor planning. Um, and, and so you just need to pivot, readjust, and keep it moving forward. So thank you so much for what you contributed today. This is Yvette. Thank you so much, Yvette. Yeah, I completely agree. I think far too often uh, we take negative momentary afflictions as cosmic signs. And that's just crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to be followed by Barb Majeski. She got a terrible sign a few years back 
and she turned that as as a catalyst for everything all of us know about her today. She doesn't even have to bring up her own past afflictions, but when she does, she certainly doesn't say, and then that's when it told me, you know, I got sick and that was a sign from God to shut it all down. That's not true. That's not that's not what the very best of us do. What else we got, hey, guys? Brad, it's Malika Star. I heard Hi there, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I heard in your story perseverance because most people would have probably just cried in that moment. But you pushed a heavy truck down the road to the gas station and still showed up for your meeting, even though it was an hour later. You didn't give up and you didn't let the struggle uh, or the consequence of poor planning deter you from reaching your goal. And that's what I heard. I am Malika Starr. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Malika. Yeah, I, I think it's important to learn that even when it's our mistakes, like even when I'm the one who messed up, like Ford didn't mess up on me. It wasn't because somebody did something to my car or some weird response. No, no, it's, I made the mistake, but I'm still the one in charge of getting up and keeping going. And I, I think that's true for most of us, especially those of us in leadership. What else we got, guys? Uh, Brad, it's, Good morning, Brad. Brad. Two seconds. Uh, I hear, thank you, thank you. I hear two voices. Uh, Who is that? Can, Daniel at the bottom. Uh, quickly, a bit noise where I'm at. I love the fact that you talked about keeping things simple because I do believe in our lives, we, we do tend to complicate it and, I, and I'm a big believer in, in that, but it's great to hear someone else say that. That really touched my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that, brother. Heard you loud and clear. I heard doctor something and then I think I saw Helen. Yeah, Dr. Gennady, the Metzbah professor. Good morning. How are you, Brad? I'm good, ma'am. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for that share. I have been in that situation before. My car broke down because I ran out of gas. And this happens to I, a lot of us. And I, I, Hello? Is there someone else? I got it. Go right ahead, Doc. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so this happens to a lot of us. As leaders, sometimes we are running so hard trying to make up all of these responsibilities and we forget the very simple things that allows those big things to happen. And, you know, we just have to kind of take responsibility and learn from that. And one of the things that I've learned from those little mistakes that we take for granted is the fact that sometimes they can have very big major consequences for us. For me, the last time that happened to me, someone stopped to help me, yes, but it ended up making an additional damage in my car that I had to pay so much more for. And that was a huge lesson to me to be like, this is never going to happen again. I didn't complain about it. I didn't whine about it. Even though my mom was like, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, yeah, it was my fault. Um, I forgot to put gas in my car. I ran out. Someone tried to help me, and then he damaged some part in my car. So I had to pay for it. But that's a learning experience that I grew drastically from. So guess what? 
I'm never, well, I'm not going to say never, but I'm going to be extremely more mindful of those little things that could make big impact in my business, in my life, in my finances. And I think that's one of the lessons that I got from your story. And I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to share it today because sometimes we, we don't see the lessons in the everyday experiences that we have while we're trying to live our lives. And it's so glad that you pay attention to every single moment as a teachable moment. Thank you so much, Brad, for sharing with us. This is Dr. Genardo, the MedSpa professor. I yield my mic. Thank you, Dr. Hi, I believe, Helen, is that you? No, this is Meredith. Meredith, hi, Meredith, go ahead. Um, so I um, am taking away, or going away with uh, persistence, uh, perseverance. Uh, I had a similar situation, had an interview, um, and I'm in Ohio, and my interview it ended up being about an hour away from where I live, which is already commute. And um, I get off at the exit only to have my brake lines blow on me. So <laughs> I had to stop the car. Uh, mind you, my interview is in 45 minutes, and I had to walk from the off ramp on 75 to the Humana building. Um, which is about probably a mile and a half, two miles, in a suit and heels, and it's hot. But I was determined to make that interview. Um, now, the the instance the incident that happened was not really any fault of mine, but then again, it could have been because I I didn't keep up on the maintenance of my vehicle because the brake lines were rusted. But by the same token, I think that it, it's more um, a persistence. Um, because I feel like you persisted in making your meeting. You were going to make that meeting. So I can, that resonated with me where I was like, I'm going to make this interview no matter what. Needless to say, I bombed because I got there. I was all sweaty in there looking at me like, what the hell happened to you? But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, that incident, you know, I, I, I went away with that, went away from that, walked away from that incident with, you know, the, the knowledge that I, I knew I, I had it in me to get through any obstacles that, you know, came my way and um, just be persistent. And I think that's even being successful. Hello, Brad. It's Helen from Scotland. I do apologize to the whole room that I dropped my phone as I put my mic back on. And thank you very much for somebody who really mic'd me back up again. And I now have a signal. Brad, um, you gave us an awesome share this morning, and I really would like to thank you very much for that. And it reminded me of my time when I was a high school learning support teacher. And the teenagers do drag their knuckles, they do grunt, they can do all of those things, absolutely 100%. But what your friends have told you doesn't necessarily mean that that applies to you, and that's the same in business. A whole lot of people can tell you X, Y, and Z will happen if you do this, that, and the other. And what I'm taking away, Brad, is your open lines of communication. How very, very important it is to have those open lines of communication. And you said it a couple of times, they just have to be simple. They just have to be straightforward. This is where it is. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to do next. And I'm going to try and get there as soon as I possibly can. And you communicated very quickly, very effectively with the three people that you needed to communicate with. And sometimes in business, we forget that communication can be very simple, 
but it is oh so very, very, very important. So thank you for that chair this morning, Brad. Um, it is absolutely awesome. And I think your open communication with your son means that he probably won't drag his knuckles or grunt, but there are no guarantees. But thank you very much. Thank you for the room. This has been an amazing room today. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Helen. I generally believe anything anyone says with a Scottish accent. I just, yeah, everything you said is right um, because that that accent is incredible. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we, we're very fortunate to have, have wonderful kids. And I do think um, my wife has really encouraged a lot of very clear communication in our home, uh, in our marriage, obviously, but in our home with our kids. So I think... I think you're spot on. Who else wants to jump in? Hi, yes, Brad. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank let's... you. Yo, absolutely. Uh, Mary up, Mary Lynn, I see you. And then I heard somebody yes. else. This is Tony, Brad. Tanara. Let Tony and whoever right. else chimed in go first, and then I'll go third if there's time. No problem. And then Arboleto. All right, Tony, go for it. Hi, Brad. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It meant so much to me. And the one thing that I took away, um, having followed you for a little while now and hearing your stories is your sense of humor adds to your resiliency because like when the lady asked you, are you okay? You were like, am I okay? Like, you know, like you were just able to roll with the punches and maybe your wife kind of helps you uh, be able to laugh at yourself a little bit, but it's so important. And you, you taught your client how you would handle adversity because in marketing things go wrong and you taught them how you would deal with it if something goes wrong with something they're working with. And so you built trust with them in a way that you didn't even mean to, right? And the other thing is, uh, as far as failure, my daughter, she's in nationals right now for cheer and she almost got caught cut from her team. And I told her, listen, I have a little bit of dance background. Let's practice at home, fail a lot. Fail, 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 fail. The more, and she's like, what do you mean, mom? What do you mean fail? And I said, well, the more you fail at home, the less you'll fail on the mat. So just keep making mistakes. So you learn, 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 learn. That way, when you get on the mat, you're less likely to have failure. So now it's exciting to, to see children, you know, learn those lessons and be able to participate in something like nationals and, and overcome failure. So thank you so much for letting me share and uh, sharing your story. Absolutely. Good to hear from you again, Tony. Tony, and back in July at the consortium, I remember Tony. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And congrats to your daughter. That's really cool. Um, who else? On Brad, my... it's Dr. Soon. Go for it. Uh, I just want to tell you that this has been an incredible session with you. You've actually taught that we're all teachers and we're all mentors for others, and our situations may be similar or not, but the experiences, and I'm getting chills, the experiences that we share really make a, an impact on how others decide to make decisions for themselves. So I really appreciate your share today. It was really, really powerful. Thank you so much, and I yield the mic. Thank you very much, Dr. Suki. Good to hear from you again, as always. I have no idea how you really A-class moderators, Glenn, Renee, Barbara, like how do you how do you guys <laughs> keep up with everybody unmiking? I have no idea what's happening right now. 
All right, uh, Mary Lynn, yes. you jump in because I know you're. Well, waiting. that's what, yeah. The reason. Well, first, let me say this. I love how you take something that's every day, like a Tuesday, like breaking down, and I love that you have a Bronco and just make it such a a life moment and a teaching moment. So the reason I wanted everyone else to go first is I just have a question. I was making my very not mediocre six dollars eggs, and I missed one part, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that resonates but I went to run back and write it down and I lost it. Will you rephrase for me how you were saying about the um, gas tank and the gauge and how it's a tool, but there was something you said about it not always reflecting and I really loved it and I lost it when I went to write it down. So thank you for letting me ask a question. Oh, of course, yeah. So, I mean, I, we talked about that gas tank. Well, gauges aren't gospel. They're just devices That's of measurement. Yes. And yeah, and sometimes they lie. You know, some sometimes the gauge is telling you that the tank is empty. It's not. In my case, it was telling me there was plenty of gas in the car, and that was the lie. And what you learn is the difference, right? Gauges aren't gospel. They're just devices of measurements. But when your car runs out of gas, uh, it turns off. So it, it just, there's it's different. It's important to have tools to help you measure success and failure in life and in business but recognize those are just tools. And for any of us who've been in business, Spark, my company uh, is three years old. I've been in marketing for about a, a little more than a decade now. I don't really know, I haven't done the math, but more than a decade. And the tools we used are not the tools we're currently using. Tools change, tools change. Recognize what's most important. It's the vehicle and the gas, not the gauge. Uh, thank you, Mary Lynn. Ooh, I hope that, that. hope that was a good answer. Perfect, yes, and I'm Brad, it's Linnell. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. I'm great, sis. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's so good to hear your voice this morning. Thank you so much for your share. There are a couple of things that I heard you say, and the first one was people were preparing you for the way your son was going to act at 13. And so you and your wife had made a decision that you were going to prepare for it, but that's not what happened because that wasn't your perspective of your son. The second thing was when you said that you got to the restaurant and they were betting uh, against you basically to see what type of vehicle you drove up in. And I think sometimes in life and in business, we have people who instead of encouraging us to go, um, you know, even though we may have broken down on the journey to continue, instead they're betting that we can't make it to our destination. And so I just think it was powerful that even after you showing up for an hour late, you still were able to land that contract because your intention was to get it from the beginning. So I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you so much for the lesson this morning. Absolutely love you. Continue doing what you're doing, sir. This is Linnell, I'll go ahead and mute out my mic. Oh, thank you, Linnell. You have a gift for encouragement, friend. You are, you are gifted. Like, you know, there's some people in life who say like, hey man, you're great, hope you're doing well. And it kind of sounds like they're reading it off of a 25 cent card and they're just rolling through their day. And then there's people who like, Glenn Lundy is one of these people. Renee Noor is one of these people, for sure. Kimberly King, I see her, she's one of these people. Like when they go to tell you that you've done something well, it just sounds like they're pausing, like to drill deep into your soul to give you encouragement. But now you have that, you have that gift, friend. That's, I don't have it, you do. Um, that's good. 
that's really, really good. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think, I think more often than not, when we're down and there's a failure anywhere, we, we often take steps, leaps to make it a failure everywhere. But I'm really good at marketing. Our company is really, really good at branding. We're really good. We get to charge what we charge because we don't fail. Like we're, I was having a conversation with this couple and they were like, so when someone leaves your company, what happens with all the stuff that you've built for them? And I had to tell them in the three-year history of our company, that hasn't happened yet. We haven't had people have us build a lot of assets for them and then ask to take their ball and go home. They stay. Our clients stay with us. And so when I'm a guy who loves his truck, but obviously doesn't really know what the heck he's doing in it, and I run out of gas and people can see it and that's frustrating and that's embarrassing and I got to make a phone call, tell somebody I'm gonna be late. I got to make a phone call and ask for help. I got to make a phone call and get laughed at by my wife, which was appropriate. You just got to know our marriage. It was very funny. But um, that's not an indication of my capacity as a CEO of a marketing agency. Mm -mm. Those two things have nothing to do with one another. And sometimes I think we let our failures become indicative of a greater problem. But not all sickness is cancer, right? Cancer spreads. We know that. We know that it can be malicious and spread all over the place. But not even all cancers are equal. And in the same way with failure. Not all failure is an indication that your body's shutting down. Sometimes you have a cold. Shake it off. Run a lap. Eat a sandwich. Take a nap. What? Drink some bottles of water. I don't know. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to say to do. But sometimes we're just sick in the moment. Sometimes we just fail in the moment. It's not indicative of some great catastrophic issue in your life and your love and your marriage and your work. That's not what it is. Um, sometimes you just ran out of gas and a $10 fix will get you back on the road. So yes, Linnell, I completely agree with you. What else we got guys? We've got a couple minutes hey, left. This is Patty. I would like to share. So, uh, hi Patty. Go right ahead. <laughs> so if you get stuck and pardon the pun, the only way through it is through it. Um, because you know, you're still living and breathing, so don't get paralyzed. And it's kind of like, you know, uh, tailing off what you just uh, finished saying. Uh, but just remember, don't get paralyzed. The only way through it is through it, no matter how much it stinks. Um, so yeah, that's what I got for you. Hey, can I jump in quickly? Very, very good. And whoever just asked if they could jump in, the answer is yes. Good morning, Brad. I see that's morning, what, how, we do, how we do things. Brad, oh. Breakfast with oh, champions. This is Louise. I think I, I think I got the yes to jumping in. Let's do let's do. I don't know how to say your name, brother, but Hitul and then Louise. Thank you. Uh, awesome energy in the room, Brad. I'll be very brief. Um, Linking to I think what you said and someone else said earlier. Um, it's uh, my point and my share is about lessons and taking lessons. So we all know that uh, we only fail when we quit. But uh, I would say we either win or we fail. And um, one of my upcoming uh, podcasts is going to be about that. And so look at uh, either you've got your result or learn from it. Now, what we have to do if we don't get what we want, uh, I've, I found and I've, I've applied this, I'm sharing it, is calm down, take emotion out of it, 
if we can do that immediately do it immediately if we need to let it sit and rest and get over ourselves and get over our ego which i'm holding my hand up here i'm winning that battle over my ego put that aside take the lesson um so i i look at things and i take the lesson and sometimes the more painful the loss or the smack uh, the bigger the lesson if you can take a lesson from um, an unsuccessful outcome for free you're a very lucky person so just, just to share around uh, the learning and the lessons i'm complete thank you yeah very good i think it's a really good point uh, the way i've always heard it explained and i don't know where it came from or i'd give credit is that as we're walking through life we're always looking for results or resolve and those are really the only two outcomes that we're always trying to get to because you either get to the results that you want or the results that you can work with, whatever that is. You like to jump in, Brad? Yep. Or, or, or a measure of resolve to tell you that you can be determined in that moment. Louise, fire away. Go ahead, Louise. Are you there? Can you hear me, Brad? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Great. Good morning, guys. Love you all. Um, I came in a little bit later when you were speaking, but I just wanted to say one thing really quick is that it reminded me of, 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 of the experience of saying we have to go through the crucifixion in order to get to the resurrection. Sometimes life throws you curves and the only way out is to go through it, just like the previous lady said it. So I always say to myself, you know what, if you're not prepared to get to the top, to the resurrection, you have to go through the grind. You know, like the, the old saying goes, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, Brad, is last night I've had, I pulled a 22 hour, hour day off and I don't know what your full story was about the gas station story, but I was on the 95 heading up to New York with my almost 83 year old mother and four exits had no gas. I always have this, you know, you know, fill it at the water tank. And I was pulled over, panicked. I was like, for the first time in my life, there's not, I'm, I don't have any gas in my car. And I just pulled over and I prayed. And I said, Lord, you are going to get me through this and I'm just going to stay calm. And long story short, I was able to, after four exits, have to pull over and God led me to a gas station and all was well. But so I just wanted to say that, you know, your gas station story of, you know, when, when you're faced with adversity, choose to stay calm and answers will come whatever it is you will get through it thanks guys i love you all this is louise and i'm out thank you louise you guys remember for those of you who've been here for the whole segment you remember right at the beginning i said there's like two kinds of people there's the people who plan and the people who don't louise is clearly one of those people who plan like she knows when it's a quarter of a tank she's ready to look for a gas station I am not one of those people. I was the guy ignorantly just driving his two-ton vehicle down the street, assuming the gauge was right, and then the car just cut off. Um, so, so no, we're not the same. You're you're prepared. I I can turn a dumb moment in my life into a talk. That's a different skill set, but yeah, no, not the same. We got about four minutes left, guys. I don't want to ever run over because. I don't know if you know Barb, but she's about six and a half feet tall. She's built like a linebacker and she's very, very angry. So I don't want Barb Majeski to hurt me. Um, she's a scary, scary lady. So does anybody else have a share they want to throw in here in the last couple minutes? Yes, Barb. Yes. 
I heard. I hear you. Yeah. I don't know where you're at. But Aaron, go for it. Should I go for it? Um, where are you at? Is that Aaron? You you're on Aaron. Yeah, yes, Aaron. Can I go? Aaron, please go ahead. Oh, thank you very much, Brian. Well, uh, hearing your story right now, um, first of all, uh, a very beautiful uh, sunny afternoon from Switzerland here in uh, Switzerland here in Bern. Well, Brian, your story I can actually it very well. Right now, uh, I don't have a truck that is broken down on the highway, but it's my business, which is broken down on the highway. And what I mean by that is that uh, I'm a product developer. I develop product, I sell, this is my stream. But then I forgot the most essential part of a business, which is my cash flow. So fast forward, since two years I've been developing, I'm doing very well, I'm selling, and then forgetting my cash flow, so right now, I'm in a situation where uh, I went to my investor about a few months ago that said, look, guys, new products are coming up, I'm selling, but I need some cash. And you can imagine my investor, he got very nervous, so he isn't willing to invest any more in the business. So that's it. So what should I do? So right now, I have to right now, as you, have, as you said, I have to right now look for the solution. But I, what I want to say very quickly is that this situation of being out of cash in the middle of a highway, the business is going, new products are coming. It has made me more innovative. So I was able to adjust my credit cards, bills, other stuff, my packaging and everything. And this has made me very, very much innovative. My business now is on track again once of, of right now. And fast forward, at, right now I'm so grateful. Honestly, I'm, every time I tell friends, I say I'm grateful for the situation, I say, but how possible? You have a situation, your business is going downhill and you are grateful. I say, yes, because of what happened right now, I'm, I'm forward now at the end of 2022 to be making your five, six figure of profit. But had it not been because of what happened, I wouldn't have been in this situation today. I wouldn't have been more innovative. I wouldn't have been very careful with my cash flow. I wouldn't have adjusted my credit cards and other stuff. So just like you said, I mean, these things happen, but we have to be calm. Take responsibility, which is very important. I never uh, have anything against my investor or whosoever. I took responsibility. I made a mistake. I forget the bloodstream of my business. And so right now I have to be and uh, take account and move forward. And so just to tell you just quickly, your story, I can resonate very well. And, uh, and I encourage anyone who is in this situation to really think twice, take responsibility, be more innovative, and there's a way out if you want to. So thank you very much for the great share. I've just seen myself in your story right now, Brian. Thank you very much for the opportunity to, to share my story. That's it. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Aaron. Appreciate your, your input today, my friend. Great way to wrap up this segment. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.